tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 53. You know, I believe there's a longing inside each of us for something more, a craving for a life that is beyond this life we've come to know. And that longing, my friend, has been placed in us by God himself. In today's episode, I had the chance to talk with Christian recording artist and now author, Christy Knuckles. Christy's known for her worship songs like Waiting Here for You and The Wonders Cross. Both of those songs I absolutely love. But it's her heart for Jesus that really touches me the most. I know you're going to be so blessed by this conversation. I can't tell you guys how excited and honored I am to have Christy Knuckles with me today. I have admired Christy from afar and yet have had a little moments where her life's intersected mine in special ways. And here she is today on The Living Room. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I just... I just love your heart. I love your music. I just, I love the person you are. It was so fun. I don't, it's been many years ago, but I remember opening a home magazine and there you were. I got to see your home. That was pretty special. <laughs> oh, and random. I'm sure you were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're a woman of many, many giftings. I'll oh. tell you what, I love it. You, and you also have a podcast, The Glorious and the Mundane, that's so excellent. And I hope everyone will check it out. But it is my honor to talk to you about, is this your, I think it is your very first book. It is. It took uh, me 15 years, about as long as we've known each other. <laughs> I love that. Hey, listen, you're right on track with me. I'm, I call myself the world's slowest writer. So, hey, it's okay. You know, I think sometimes we've got to wait for the Lord's timing and not mm. be frustrated. How, did that kind of play into your story? Well, as you know, God's timing is everything. This book is something that, you know, I'd been saying that I wanted to do for a really long time, but so much of the message I think that that God put in my heart even 15 years ago actually just had to be lived out, I think, <laughs> for like yeah. a really long time. And just there were layers and layers of it that the Lord revealed. I mean, I even had an agent um, approached me probably seven years ago to start asking me, you know, if I'd want to do this. And even then I would just, I was so honored and even flattered, but I was like, I've still just don't think it's time. And I'll never forget. It was 2017, the beginning of that year that Nathan and I, I mean, Nathan even looked at me and was like, it's time that you do this. And I write about it in the book, but right when I had kind of said yes in my heart, like I'm doing this, I, I contacted the agent and said, okay, let's talk a little bit further. I had temporary, uh, what's what's called sensory neural hearing loss. And so it was one of those times where it was like, okay, I was like ready to go. And then it was like, oh, just kidding, hurry up and wait and like <laughs> yes. be, feel like you're sidelined. And so actually that became a really precious part of the book of, of talking about seasons like that. And so again, I just think so much of this had to be lived out even in the 11th hour of this book. I feel like I've been living out these truths. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you really write a lot about rest and just living from that heart of rest. 
you know, what have you learned and what does that look like? Yes. Well, I've learned that really rest truly comes from surrender and trust. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling, you know, my publisher that, and they were like, yes, we probably can't put that on the front of the book because (laughs) no one wants to really surrender and trust. None of us do. (laughs) We always want like the easy (laughs) way out, you know? (laughs) So, but really surrender and trust equal rest. And that's what I've found out. And really this all came from a season in my life 15 years ago where I was literally on the brink of burnout. I was exhausted. Nathan and I have been in the music, Christian music world for uh, 25 years, as long as we've been married. And we were kind of kids in tow at the time, like touring all over the country. But I had really not even knowing it. Singing had really, in a lot of ways, replaced sitting with God and like living for him and doing all these things for Mm -hmm. him, I've replaced living from him. And so really rest is when we can start reordering our lives again to live from God. And then from that place, there's, there's an order to that. There's an overflow, right? There's a spillover. And my brother who has, I write about him some in the book as well. He was an unlikely mentor in my life. He was kind of that, we were preacher's kids our whole lives. And he was that kid. I would always say he was working on his testimony for a lot of years, (laughs) but believe it or not, in my thirties, he became one of the most, um, just influential people in my life when it comes to really living in Christ and what it looks like to like, Mm. for, you know, Christ in us, but like, really, what does it look like for us to live from that place out of his strength and not our own? And so he would always tell me, you know, when we live from order, when we live from God, from that place of really our, our kind of that first things first of our day of We are his beloved. That's who we are, our identity. He always would say the rest will follow. And he's like, pun intended, like Mm -hmm. the rest, you know, in our heart, this posture of rest will follow that order. And so the Lord just met me this day, um, you know, 15 years ago that I was telling you about, um, I I was cleaning a toilet (laughs) and that's where he met me this, this day of, you know, just my, I had no idea that a readied heart could look like an exhausted heart. Yeah, and he just met me that day, and I ended up. It was just this like overall sense of like I remember like we were touring so much. It was like I I wanted to come home. Like there was this. He filled my heart with this desire to want to come home, and that in that moment was my physical home. But really, what he was doing was he was calling me home to like live spiritually as his child, like from him to start trusting him and surrendering my life. I ended up in Psalm 37. I talk about it in the book. I call it my farm table epiphany because <laughs> I went downstairs, opened up his word, and I kind of share that day of how he gave me this picture of what it could look like every day to live from rest. He gave me this picture of a bullseye and like a concentric circles, like a target sign. I tell you in the book kind of where that had come from, that picture, and he brought it back to my mind that day in Psalm 37, which he's so faithful to do when we open his word. And he just basically said, in you know, long story short, Christy, if you'll hit the bullseye, 
I'll take care of all the outer rings of your life. But he showed me I was stuck like in the outermost rings of my life, running ragged, Mm -hmm. exhausted, not trusting him, um, keeping my calendar full, yesing myself into exhaustion, um, kind of even looking at other people for kind of what they could do for me and then valuing myself of what I could do for others. You know, like I was way out in these outer rings and he just spoke so sweetly and kindly to my heart and he saved my life really through it. Just Christy hit the bullseye. What would it like to just like, I'm your portion forever. Like what would it look like to live in that portion and then watch me take care of all these outer rings and really show you my glory. So that's kind of how it all started for me. That is so beautiful. It, it's so funny because it's everything we long for. It's, it's everything we say we want. And yet, boy, there is such a wrestling in our soul to, to let go and yeah. really trust God. I'm actually writing <laughs> about the very same thing of surrender <laughs> and trust Yay. because, Good. because I think it is the answer. And yet, as much as we say it, it is so hard to get there. What do you think that is? What is it inside of us that really just clings to what what we hold on to rather than really letting go and just holding on to God? Yes, I think that, you know, so many of us, it's, I mean, not to blame it on things, but we do live in a, you know, a pace and we don't even realize the pace I think that we're, that we're living in. And I think that most of us, I know just, I'm, I'm saying this really just for myself, but I just know from my own journey, um, I've, I've woken up, you know, each day or just was in a season of my life, you know, speaking of this time, 15 years ago, where, um, I would wake up and just immediately feel that pace or that pressure. And then my identity, you know, was, was also wrapped up in all those things that I was doing. And so there was expectation. There was, well, they're counting on me. Well, I've got to do this. And it was, it felt almost, even in that moment at the farm table, it was like, Oh, well, yeah, Lord, live from the bullseye. That sounds amazing, but that also sounds too good to be true. And like, how do I really trust you with these things? Because for me, you know, it was a lot about, you know, I was learning to be a young mom and there was a lot of just expectation there that I placed on myself. But I think ultimately it's because we've wrapped up our identity in these things that we do. And like when we, when we trust God, what I found is, you know, that day at my farm table, it was really like he was proposing a trade. Mm. It was like one of the things he spoke to me was just really through, um, you know, it, it says in it's Psalm 37, five, where he says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. And verse six says, he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. So I was running ragged and tried to trying to, you know, make my righteousness shine to him and to the world. But and he says this, he's like, and the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. And he really exposed my cause that day and my cause at that time in my life where I I wanted my dreams to unfold. You know, it's like I wanted my songs to um, be out there and I wanted um, to sing for him and but really what he wanted was my whole heart. And so I think if we really knew 
what was available to us, like in this parent-child relationship with God, like what's really available to us in surrender and trust, we would wake up every day and release it all. And I think that's um, just what I've been trying to do over the last 15 years since he just called me away was just like wake up and kind of that trade-off, you know, like, God, I trust you with my cause that you're going to lift it up. And if you're going to lift it up, then wow, like, what does that free me to actually pursue today? If I don't have to hold all that up, yeah. then what does it free me to receive from you, from your heart? And what does it, what does it free me to like, who does it, who does it free me to go pursue? Which is in the book I talk about that, that, that next outer ring from the bullseye is the community of the beloved. It's not our capacity. It's our, it's people before productivity. And he really taught me that through just coming home and taking care of my kids for a time of like, that's solely what I did. But to get back to your question, I just think it's because we just don't live in it enough to see yeah. what's really like, what, like you said, what we really long for and what he's really proposing his, like, these are principles that actually like are real and they play out when we, when we walk in them, his spiritual principles, his promises. Like, I think if we knew, you know, if we lived in that, I think we would, we would wake up and and release more and we would walk in that more. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that God's, I've been talking to God a lot about is, um, I, you know, I mentioned before we went on that I've been working on this book. And uh, for me, writing's the hardest thing I do, which is really irritating because mm-hmm. I just think, you know, we, we hear people say, oh, if you're doing God's will, it will be the most easy thing that you do. And, and that, <laughs> um, you know, that when you write, you should feel his pleasure. And right. it has just been a battle. The whole 20 some years I've been writing, it's the hardest thing I do. And so I, I've just felt God at times, kind of your story where he'll say, go, go, go. And they'll go, no, stop. And they'll say, go, go, no, stop. <laughs> and it can feel frustrating to us because we're mm. like, wait a minute. I thought you said go. And mm. one of the things I've really been thinking a lot about is just that verse, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And that word for be still in the Hebrew can means cease striving. Mm-hmm. And it's so odd that we can love God with all our heart. We can we can truly want to fulfill his purposes and, and be part of his will on this earth. But it's so easy to get into the flesh and yeah. pushing and striving and making things happen. Was it what was the thought process or or the process that God took you through to get to the point where you were willing to lay it down? And, and trust him with the outcome. Yeah. Well, I think that it was, you know, since it took me 15 years to write this and live it, um, I think that over and over, I feel like, um, even just thinking back on the very beginning, for me, it was really him calling me home, like I said, and and causing me to reorder my life around who I am rather than what I felt like he had called me to do and really yeah. trusting him, even with the gifts that he had put in me, even with um, the things that from the time I was a little kid, I felt like, you know, like singing, you know, music, worship leading for me, that's been a huge part of my life. But, you know, I think he had to really 
take me to a place. And so he, he brought me off the platform actually. Like he, I'm not, I'm not telling you listeners that he's going to make you quit your job, (laughs) but he'll use anything (laughs) in your life. But for me, what it was is that he pulled me away from the platform. And so four years I came home actually. And that was really, uh, for me, what, what it took is that the Lord had to take me to a place of having to be seen by him in the unseen and having to find him in the secret and, and really understanding my worth, um, far from the spotlight and just in, that's where my podcast came from. It was, you know, one day I had, um, a coffee with a lady that I met that came over to the house. She was working with Nathan. She was producing this song and she wanted me to sing on the demo. And I started talking to her and she's, this was during my time that I was just home and off the platform and felt just so far from everything that I had been doing and so far from music. It even felt fun to get to sing that day in the studio. But I asked her, I was like, you know, you have kids, right? And she was like, yeah, I have nine. Wow. <laughs> and she's like, I homeschool them and, and she's a songwriter. And so I was like, um, can I have coffee with you? And so we ended up um, at a coffee shop. And I remember just through tears that morning, I just asked her like, how do you do it all? Because then here I was, you know, in the unseen, still trying to, um, even just struggle each day of just like, you know, that, you know, finding my worth all over again, when I would wake up, it was like, okay, back to the bullseye Lord. Like, what do you want to show me today? Like about who and whose I am, you know? And, and I remember asking her like, how do you do it? And she said to me, you invite the glorious into the mundane. And that was where my podcast, obviously the title came from because that's what I started doing. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, like when you fold the laundry, you, you pray for each of your kids or when you're at the window washing dishes, that's when you invite the glorious in and you talk to him, you sing to him. And so it was really like, that's what God used the most, um, to really sort of like, um, reorder my life to lay down um, everything that I'd been exhausting myself, trying so hard to to hold up. And then to really like wrap my heart around his heart, you know? Um, And so it really started there and that I'm so grateful for that. I really think if he hadn't got my attention, I would have left my kids in the dust, you know, just pursuing what I wanted and, And that didn't seem like a bad thing because it was singing for God, you know, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was just that the Lord had so much more. And I think that that's a lot of, you know, we don't realize how much more he has for us, you know, in in terms of just our relationship with him. So, oh, I love this. This is so important, Christy, because I, I don't know. I kind of thought that, you know, I've always sort of made God an either or God. And I'm coming to believe he's a both and, you know, he's both and, and he's such a good, good father Mm -hmm. that he's like, no, no, Joanna, you're not my slave girl. You're my friend. You're my friend. And, and I've got so many, I understand your dust. And so (laughs) if you'll cooperate with me, I can set a pace that is life giving. And, and, and yet I, I don't know about you, but I, have found myself at times rushing ahead of him. And it really has, for me as well, taken a time of absolute surrender and laying it down. And I just have a sense there's some women out there and God is really talking to them and they are terrified 
to let go of something that feels so good, but they sense God saying, "Mm, for right now, I just want you. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that girl? Oh, I would say that it's worth it (laughs) and that um, anything you lay down, what I've seen is that God gives it back and in a way that you never would have even imagined. It might, it might not be what you would have, you know, chosen or what you would have thought it would look like, but I guarantee you he'll bring those desires back around or he'll bring it back to you in a different season of life. I've watched him do that over and over. Um, And maybe that is why the book took so long, like I said, so that I sort of can testify. You know what I mean? Like um, I have laid those things down and I've, and even like it just, I mean, I was able, like I, I laid down basically singing and I didn't know if I would ever have another way to like, you know, I thought maybe I could lead in a church for sure, but I didn't know if I would record professionally again. I didn't know if a record label would ever resign me. Um, I had, I let go of all of it. I let go of my booking agent. I let go of my manager. I mean, just everything. And so, but the Lord brought that back. I mean, a hundredfold and more (laughs) over the Mm -hmm. years. Um, since then I've, I've gotten to be on every continent besides Antarctica, (laughs) like seeing (laughs) the nation's worship. Like I've seen that with my eyes since that day that he asked me to lay it all down. Mm -hmm. So he will give it back to you and he'll do it in a way that you'll realize your dream was lesser than what he had for you. And then, oh my goodness, I could start bawling. I mean, my kids, like they're 20, 17 and 13 now. And, and I just get to see their lives every day and like who they are and, and just marvel at God that he would just be so gracious to me to not let me miss it. You know what I mean? And so they are just the most precious treasure. And so I'm just thankful every day that I didn't miss it. And that, Um, what's right in front of you and what, you know, chances are like the life you long for is right under your nose. It's right there. And it's really just surrender and trust. So yeah, so sweet of him. Yeah. It's so, so good of him. You know, I, I have just looked so many times at my life and, and thought, you know, Lord, my boundaries really have fallen in delightful places. Mm -hmm. It's not what I had thought it would be. You know, I had many illusions of grandeur. (laughs) (laughs) And my life is really very ordinary. God's allowed me to write books and I've had chances to speak to women, but I am just a Joanna from Montana and as ordinary (laughs) a life as you can get. And yet, Oh, the father's been good, but it's only been as I've allowed him to determine my boundaries. And I think especially in the world that we live in right now, man, it looks like everyone's pushing the boundaries and their boundaries sure look more fun than our boundary does. And maybe if I had, if I pushed it and if I did that thing, then I could have what they seem to have. And have you struggled with that even after learning this uh, this lesson of surrender, not to maybe compare or try to compete or make your life like everyone else's? Yes, for sure. And I've even had to really 
set a, a pace for myself like that's sustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And set a pace for myself and with social media for sure. Um, I post, you know, but I don't scroll as much as I, I post. And I just have done things like that, that are real practical. If I don't need to be near my phone or if I don't need to be near my calendar glaring at me, <laughs> I try to work outside or I do things that, um, because we, we, it is hard when you wake up and you, you maybe start scrolling up and down through everyone else's lives and you see everyone out there like, Oh man, they're out there crushing it today. They're, you know, they're doing their gifts. They're they're or they're, you know, doing what they're called to do. They're using their gifts and, and you can definitely feel that pace start to press on you, right? You're like, Oh goodness, I should be out there. But one of the things that the Lord just keeps bringing me back to over and over and you said it even a while ago of kind of just like God just coming to you and saying like, you're not my slave. You're, you're my friend. You're my daughter. You know, it's, it's, I think sometimes I, I know f- for my own life, I'll wake up and feel like I need to like put a, a brick maker outfit on and I need to go like lay bricks because of all that I feel like I'm supposed to be building. But first Peter two five says that we are a house that God is building. Like we're living stones. And so one of the, just in, the things that God puts in my mind and sometimes it's before my feet even hit the floor in the morning. Like I have to go to the bullseye place, like of being God's beloved, my identity's wrapped up in him, but also just before I'm tempted to like, let that pace or just what everyone else is out there doing, like tempt me to like start, you know, my, my pulse start rising. I mean, the Lord will just bring me back to this place of saying, surrender yourself to be built. Um, you don't have to get up and build anything today. Like just you're being built, you're a living stone, a part of a spiritual house. And that really what I believe he really truly wants from his people is just that we would be that a part of that spiritual house that he's building and that we would welcome others into that, like into mm-hmm. our familiar with the Father, into our belovedness. And and then we start to contend for others. That's one of the things that the Lord just started really working on me about is just that like when I was in those outer rings of my life, when I was just looking out for number one, I was looking out for myself most of the time. And it was like, oh, I got to keep all this going. I got to keep all this stirring. But once he really called me to the bullseye, I, he started showing me, he started with my kids. As I said, he was showing me their lives, who they are. But then it was like, he had really brought around me some young women that he was bringing into the general vicinity of me because of something he had for me to share with them and impart with them. And I think that we miss that, right? When we move, when we go straight to all that we think we're supposed to be doing, we, we miss the things that we are really supposed to and that are most that are the most life-giving to pursue is is the mm-hmm. people that he's brought around us and so that's another reason just for us to like pause, press pause you know even before our feet hit the floor and just go okay lord keep me living from you today don't let me be you know sidetracked by everyone else in their lane help me just to wake up in the lane i love ephesians 2:10 you know we're created in christ jesus we're his workmanship created for works that he's already prepared in advance for us i love that like i love that 
when we live from the bullseye, I say in the book that like our lives become the outer rings of our lives become reclaimed because you live from mm-hmm. the inside out. So then that outer ring starts to look really different because you're, 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 you're taking time to be with the Lord, to be his daughter, not a slave and to, to, to move out into the outer rings of our lives with purpose and walking into those things that, and, and even those conversations that he's prepared for us today, like he has people he wants you to encounter and, um, you know, all kinds of situations that he's already declared and kind of purpose for your life. And it's neat to think we get near him each day in the morning to kind of go, okay, God redirect me, you know, to walk in those things rather than settling for the lesser plans that I have for myself. Exactly. And what a freedom it is not to have to figure it out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think we meet God's will like so ethereal and mysterious and that it's out there somewhere where it's really right here and right now. Mm-hmm. What is the thing you, and, and, you know, not to like, God, should I make peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> you know, for lunch? No, it, but it's like, no, if my heart's after him, truly yeah. after him. And if I've made myself available for him, I don't have to find God's will. I'll mm-hmm. be in God's will. Yeah, It's so, so freeing. You know, I was just thinking of a friend that um, I talked to recently who their life is just frantic. And there are so many irons in the fire and there's so many things that they're trying to do for Jesus that feels so, so important. And, and the thought of stopping and, and resetting and recalibrating just feels like, but, but what if I'm not doing what God wants me to do? They're so, they're so afraid of missing it and yeah. messing it up that they can't release themselves and receive that invitation to rest. What do you think the Lord would say to us in that? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's it's interesting. My, my brother, who I told you about earlier that I talk about in the book, you know, I'll never forget when, because I kind of asked him that question, you know, when I was, when I remember he would, we would have a call, uh, I think twice a month when he, he was actually taking me through some curriculum that he was writing on rest. And so I was kind of his guinea pig at that time. And that is when the Lord just kind of started like cultivating my heart, like, okay, this is more than just me taking you through this or, or, you know, kind of me establishing this in you, like, this is something I want you to like help others do. And so part of that was, you know, Eric kind of walking with me and I'll never forget asking him sort of that same question. Like, this just feels um, too good to be true for a lot of people or like, this feels like if I stopped everything, like I'm so afraid I'm going to, and that's so much where I was like 15 years ago. I was so afraid if I didn't say yes to this particular thing, then it would play out where, okay, well, I wouldn't get that opportunity and I wouldn't get that opportunity. And you start again, it's like, that's ultimately what I learned. That's not trusting. That's us. Why I use the word hustling. And what I found is that our hustling actually, when we just, keep on going because we're too afraid to say no, or we're, we're too afraid of like, we're going to miss it. Like you said, like our hustling actually can hold us back from the things that God really has for us, or even just living from him, living from our identity, but also sometimes even some things that he has for us to walk into 
But what I love is that what he showed me, even just like as I was writing the book, he gave me this phrase of just like, well, if the enemy has a hustle that he taunts us with, so that holds us back, well, then the Lord has a rest that propels us. And I love that. So this isn't like a lay around the house rest. Like we've been doing that too much during this pandemic. Like I know everybody's like, okay, I've had enough rest. I got it. But this is like work from rest. This is like Jesus's invitation, you know, in Matthew 11, it's like, come all you who are weary and I will give you rest. He talks about a yoke, which that gives us a clear indication that a yoke, he understands that there's work to be done. So yes, he's called us to do things for building the building up of the kingdom, like to be a part of it. He's building it, but we get to be a part of that house. But like he says, take my yoke on you. That's a, you know, that's two animals in this contraption and that's all about work. So he's, he's basically saying, I know there's, yes, there's work, but you can work from rest. Like he's saying, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he's like, yes, there's a lot, there's a lot to be done, but you get to do this from my rest. And one of the things Eric like showed me one time is just that he was like, okay, just, just for instance, he's like, think about an opportunity just recently that you've gotten. Okay. It came through the email or whatever. Um, maybe it's, you know, for those listening, maybe it's just even just an, any kind of opportunity that's outside your home, you know, that you could do, um, to serve someone or, or just to, you know, Hey, want to come be a part of this, or maybe it's a work thing could absolutely be, you know, maybe that, that next step of kind of like climbing the ladder sort of, or like when you get these opportunities, he's saying, if we're children of God, then the Holy Spirit of God is living in us. And he was like, take stock of when you get an opportunity, talk about just wanting to sense the will of God of what you should do next or what you should take on, what you shouldn't. He was like, if there's an immediate list, just a life-giving like thought that comes through your mind, like that, like that makes me excited. I feel life when I think about being able to be a part of that. He was like, pay attention to that. That most likely is a yes in your spirit and the Holy Spirit is already, yes, you should pray about things. Yes, you should think about it. But he's saying the Holy Spirit of God is in us and you immediately will have a life-giving response. So he's like, as opposed to, he's like, there's these other opportunities that you'll get sometimes, right? That they come through and you're like, uh, you just immediately feel tired. You feel a sense of like obligation or man, but if I don't do that, it might, like, what if it doesn't lead to this other thing? And he was like, that is immediately, like, that's the Holy Spirit giving you a pause there, giving you something in your spirit that's like, that's not quite right. And as I started to like pay attention to that, I would pay attention to the times, just quite specifically, the times I said yes to something that already felt like a no. And then Mm. I would watch it play out. And hands down, I mean, it was like, it just ended up, I was running ragged. There was no life in it. It wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I've just like really paid attention to that. Like, like just our yeses and our nos can really, and just really being, I think it's a part of that Ephesians 2.10 of just like walking in the things he's already prepared in advance. It's in that flow somehow of when we're able to like live from rest, we're maybe able to say no to some things that maybe, yes, they might be good things, but here's the thing. God probably has someone else he wants to be <laughs> walking in that. Someone else could have that opportunity and he has a better yes for us. And the times I've really like, 
I've watched that play out for like a lot of years since then. And it's pretty much right on. And I just think, you know, how many times I've said yes to things that I knew I should have paused and just rested and I would have been, you know, ready and available for the next thing, but I was exhausted. (laughs) It has that effect, but. Right. Well, we've been given so much, you know, I've, I've actually just been thinking (laughs) so much about the sweet Holy Spirit that God has given us. You know, he's that voice that the Old Testament says is the voice behind us saying, go to the right, go to the left. This is the way ye walk in it. And yet I keep thinking, I've got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I've got to decide, is this God or isn't this? And I got to get in a whole bunch of turmoil. And the Lord's saying, that is not my yoke. Yes, you right. know, I just wonder, for, for me, I've been thinking a lot about this. What if I took fear off of the table. Mm, yeah. Fear that I was going to miss it. <laughs> fear that if I said no, the opportunity wouldn't come again. Fear that if I said yes, that maybe it would be a, you know, I wouldn't have enough in- energy to do it. What if I did exactly what you're talking about yeah. and was truly led by the spirit rather than being driven by my flesh? I, I think it's the life that we were made for. That's right. I love I love this, Christy. You know, as we're living, it's October um, 2020 that we're recording this. COVID-19 is still happening. Uh, Here in Montana, we're experiencing another wave. And there's just still, with the presidential election, so many things unknown. I know that there are probably women that are listening to this, even in in the new year, that, um, that there's a lot of uncertainty. And and they say, yeah, Christy, I could have rest if everything wasn't so tumultuous. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we find that resting place? Even, even when everything shouts inside of us to fear. Yeah, that's, that's so good. What you said about fear, that's like got my wheels spinning, <laughs> but it's so true. But yes. Okay. So pandemic, I, I absolutely know what you mean. And I think that first of all, it's so interesting. One of the things that I really paid attention to when all of this kind of first happened in March was, you know, I felt this sense of like relief because it was like, okay, everyone else in the entire world is resting now. So it gave me permission, you know, (laughs) to to rest. But then, you know, the more I've thought about it, it's just that that permission has always been there. We've always had that permission to rest in the yoke of Jesus. And we, oh my goodness, how many times does he tell us not to fear, you know, and we've, we've always had that, the permission, even just all throughout his word to, to trust him and surrender. But I think about just definitely one of the things I talk about in the book is like difficult seasons and actually like seasons of suffering, which for many, this has been that. And, um, and just what, what that, what it looks like to really, um, just walk in our fullest in a season like this. And what I love is that those kind of the, the back to the bullseye, you know, I call that in the book, like coming to the bullseye and living from that every day. I call it the calling of the beloved. Like that's our true calling is to live as a child of God. And then that next outer ring is the community of the blood. Like I mentioned before, but that 
last, that outer, outermost ring that becomes reclaimed, I call it the capacity of the beloved. And, you know, when we think about capacity, we think about it in terms of what we can supply or what something can crank out. And we're used to having to crank things out, right? But this pandemic, this caused a global pause where many of us, like, I mean, we couldn't go do, you know, live worship gatherings. We've done like maybe two since March. And, you know, many of us couldn't work. We've everything had to like come to a close. But what I love is like the Lord really showed me the capacity of the beloved is more that definition of capacity in terms of what we can hold and receive and contain. And so what I love is that the capacity of the beloved is it works in any economy, in any season of our lives. Like it can work for anyone at their weakest and poorest if it's about what we're able to hold and receive from the heart of God. So even in suffering, even in times like this pandemic, when we have no idea what is next, it's like, okay, not knowing what is next or not even being able to plan three months out again, what does it free us to receive? What does it free us to hold in this time? Like many, for many of us, it's been our, our kids in a whole new way or like being around the dinner table in a whole different season, a whole different way. Um, and maybe it's just more time to sit with the Lord and not, not necessarily go, okay, I'm going to do this for you in a few months. We're going to plan this and we're going to build this. But instead of like, okay, Lord, my true capacity is what you want me to, to hold and receive from your heart so that I can let that spill out of Mm. my life onto others. So I love that it works in any economy, any season, anyone can, can experience the fullest capacity being filled to capacity with who God is. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. You know, I've just been praying, Lord, whatever lessons we've learned in this season, let us carry it into the next. You know, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of us are more frustrated by this season than really taking advantage of of all of the gifts that could be in the middle of this difficult time and it really is but that's what's so beautiful about Jesus he he says you know in this world you're going to have trouble but listen i can have overcome the world yeah. and if we can tap into his strength then you're right it doesn't matter the economy it doesn't matter uh, the global condition it doesn't mm. matter whether we have a job or don't have a job or whether we have a ministry or don't have a ministry because our source and our fullness comes from God himself. Mm. Mm. That is so, so good. You know, I, as we've been talking, I just keep thinking of Isaiah thirty fifteen, where God says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. Mm. In quietness and trust is your strength. Yes. But it was an invitation that the Lord made in those verses. And unfortunately, it goes on to say, but you would not have it. Instead, you said, we will flee and we will flee on swift horses. And God, you know, God has given us this free will. We can run as hard and as fast and as much ahead of him as we want to, or we can let him be our shepherd (laughs) and we can let him lead. 
Mm. What would, what is the thing that God's just kind of speaking to your heart specifically right now that may be part of the book or even something brand new? Yeah, really um, a verse that is, has just been going over and over in my mind. In fact, it was, it's, it's one of those that like, um, in fact, my mother spoke it over me uh, about three weeks ago. Um, in fact, she, she just got diagnosed with cancer and it was the Mm. day, it was the morning of the afternoon we found out. So she didn't even know yet when she told me this on the phone. And, And so I was checking on her, asking her if she knew anything and, she said, I don't, we haven't heard yet. And, but she said, and I'm pretty sure it's, you can tell me maybe, but it's Psalm 118, maybe four. Is it, um, this is the day the Lord has made. Mm-hmm. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It might not be verse four, but it's Psalm 118. I know that. Um, and she, you know, she didn't know I was at a stoplight while she was, um, telling me this and my, you know, tears are streaming down my face and she starts, mm-hmm sharing with me, you know, she's like, it doesn't say these are the days. It says, this is the day. And she said, no matter the results, um, we're, I'm going to walk in that the same, that this is the day the Lord has made and mm-hmm. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And she was like, none of us are promised tomorrow. None of us have a guarantee. And she was like, here, here she was leading me, you know, in this time where I was supposed to be comforting her. And she's been like that every day since, but, um, that and then it was like I went and sang somewhere at something, um, and two people that day spoke out that scripture and and it was just it has me just really like sitting in that place. Talk about just um, you know being in a pandemic and not being able to plan and not knowing what's next and um, but but I love that just that thought of like that we only really truly have today and how would we live different almost like you said well I go like if fear wasn't on the table <laughs> and if we didn't know if we maybe if we knew we didn't have tomorrow it's like how would we live and so that has been pressing on me a ton and it's just caused me to really live every day differently I know my mom's lived every day differently since you know she found out but it's caused me to just spiritually like live every day differently. And, um, goodness, there's just, there's so much goodness in his word for us. And that in particular has just been one that's been carrying me these last few weeks. So, well, this has just been so, so rich, Christy. I tell you what, there's nothing more beautiful than a book that has been lived out and that's been written on the author's heart. Uh, before it makes it to the page. So thank you. Thank you for just being faithful to the Lord and and available to Him. I'm so glad that you listened when He said to step back Mm -hmm. because, oh my goodness, He has truly equipped you to step up, my friend. Uh, I'm so grateful for your ministry. Uh, you guys can find all of Christy's great stuff over at ChristyKnuckles.com, N-O-C-K-E-L-S. But as we get ready to go, would you just pray over the girls who are listening? I specifically think of that woman who just feels so tired and so overwhelmed. And, and she thinks, God, what's so good about the good news? Mm. And she hasn't really found that that center of the bullseye and God's love. Would you pray for us? Yes. 
Lord, thank you for this day. And we rejoice and are glad in it. Lord, thank you for all these beautiful listeners that you've brought um, together over the airwaves. And we thank you, Lord, that um, you're already speaking to them, Lord. You've come before them, Lord. You have you hemmed them in. You know right where they are, Lord. Thank you that, um, you know, everything about their lives, God, I just pray that um, the truth from your word, Lord, would... Um, take root in in their lives, Father, that it would um, fall on good soil, Father. I just pray that also for those who are just weary and tired, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, to um, make yourself known, Lord. Would you just in your mercy, Lord, um, meet them in the most mundane place, Lord, that they would never even think that you could meet them there, God. You are so faithful to meet us right where you are, and I just pray that you would do that, Lord, and, and the minute that they even turn their heart towards you, Lord, um, your word says that your eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth looking for those hearts, Lord. You're like on the edge of your seat, um, just waiting to show yourself strong to those who would just turn towards you, God. So I just pray that you will give um, anyone, any of these women who are just tired, Lord, and weary today, God, that you would give them the courage and just the strength, Lord, to turn towards you and look to you today, um, and that they would be able to find you there, just meeting them there right where they are, Lord. And thank you that this um, message of rest is um, is was so Jesus's invitation, Lord, with just his whole life living here on earth, God. Thank you that um, you gave us his life. He, he showed us how to do all of this, Lord. So just pray that even in in your word, Father, that it would come alive to them in a new way of just showing um, them how you've lived this out, Lord, and how you've called us to this even through Jesus. And so I just pray you would um, call us just even as a, the body of Christ, God, to a, a season, Father, of finding our identity in you, Lord, and completely being wrapped up as your people in who you are so that in the days ahead, Lord, that we can um, contend for those that you still want to bring into your family, God. And we pray this in your precious name, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Surrender and trust. Hmm, Not popular topics, but I really believe that they are the only way we will ever access the life Jesus came to give, the life we were made for. I hope you'll check out Christy's book, which released yesterday, as well as her music and podcast, The Glorious Mundane. You'll find links in the show notes over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 053. I know it's a struggle to truly trust God, but I want to remind you, He's a good, good Father who gives good, good gifts. So let's stop clinging to this counterfeit life that the world offers so that we can take hold of the life that truly is life, as Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6.19. You and I were made for more, but it's only found as we let go and trust God so that we can live and love and lead like Jesus. God bless you, my friends.